welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, United Bank, Mylin, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Welcome to Positively West Virginia. Each week on our podcast, we interview West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with listeners just like you all across America. Our goal is to help educate and motivate our audience with these inspirational business stories. All of our guests are people who are absolutely getting it done in West Virginia, and I'm convinced we can all learn a lot from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to learn about Gat Caperton and his company, Gat Creek. Gat, are you ready to get down to business? Yes, sir. Ready. All right, Gat. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast this week to share your story. Gat Caperton is president of Gat Creek, located in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. Gat Creek is a West Virginia manufacturer of solid wood home furniture that Gat Caperton acquired from its founder in 1996. Originally named Tom Seeley Furniture, the 50-plus-year-old business now employs more than 150 artisans in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. The company sells its branded products via 200-plus independent retail stores throughout the U.S. and does proprietary manufacturing for Room & Board, Williams, Sonoma, and other national retailers. Under GATT's leadership, Gat Creek made an early and steadfast commitment to lean manufacturing, environmental sustainability, and being an employer of choice. Its factory blends hand craftsmanship with state-of-the-art technology and CNC automation. The company is consistently recognized for the quality and design of its products and continues to grow in a market where 80% of production has been moved overseas in the past 15 years. Gat serves as the chair of the American Home Furnishings Alliance Board of Directors and the vice chair of Shepherd University's Board of Governors. Gat serves on the Appalachian Hardwood Manufacturers Board and recently completed a four-year chairmanship of the Board of the Natural Capital Investment Fund. That's, of course, uh, an organization that's uh, funded and ran by Martin Jenkins. We had him on back in April of last year, episode 13 of the podcast. And they, they provide funding and flexible financing for small and emerging natural resource-based businesses primarily located in, Appala- in the Appalachian region. I invited Gad onto the show today to talk about his company and share his story and to give our audience some valuable insight into the state of manufacturing in West Virginia. Gat, take a minute from and fill in some gaps from that brief intro that I gave, and give us a little behind-the-curtain look into your company. Be glad to. So it's uh, kind of fun about our business is that uh, uh, you know so much of manufacturing in this country has gone overseas and disappeared. Where uh, you know we're kind of the last dog in the kennel in many ways. So yeah. it's it's kind of a it becomes a little fun that way. Uh, you know, there's a little less noise, a little less crowd. You you feel a little more special. Um, we've survived a great onslaught of a- exporting, and and uh, you know, and I think we're kind of in a period now where it's it's getting you know 
good again. I mean, there's there it's we're, we're there's a small renaissance in manufacturing going on. We're we're really excited to be part of it. We're excited to have survived. Absolutely, yeah. That is that that sounds incredible. And and, and you know when I read that statistic, you know that that eighty um, percent of the manufacturing for furniture is done overseas, and then here you are in Berkeley Springs employing one hundred and fifty artisans, handcrafting and utilizing these special CNC machines. I mean that's just got to be an incredible feeling to to be you know to running a company in 2019 in West Virginia doing what you're doing. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, it's uh, yeah, I grew up as a kid in West Virginia and I remember, you know, as I was a kid in the late 70s and 80s people talked about creating jobs in in uh in West Virginia even back in those days and uh I always thought they'd be great to be able to be someone like that that could create uh, not just create a job and you know, all jobs are not equal. There's good jobs, crummy jobs, great jobs. But it's right. an opportunity to create a job that was a cool job. I mean, this is a we are we are a, a group of makers here working in a very cool technological workshop, uh, building furniture from for the most part, you know, West Virginia timbers. Yeah, that's a, that's incredible. Well, Gad, I got to ask you, how did you get started in the furniture business anyway? So you're so nice. Most people ask, why did you get started? And I have to admit it was, you know, lack of good sense. Um, <laughs> uh, how I got started, uh, it's actually a really fun story. I, I had uh, graduated from school um, and worked in Chicago for six years, diversified manufacturing company, like manufacturing, again, back in the uh, – in the early 90s, manufacturing was still a, a really ongoing uh, thing in the United States. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, boy, it really would be great one day to have a, to get involved in a small manufacturing company. I had no background in furniture. I got a, I got a C in woodshop. I actually had a B in woodshop, but I was a C student. Um, and I started literally looking around for, for small businesses that I could invest in and, and, and commit to. And I found Tom Seeley Furniture um, mm. and back in it was, it was 95 in those days. Mm. Uh, I literally cold called Tom Seeley um, because my name is the same as the current governor at the time. I got right through to him. So he picked up the <laughs> phone and said, oh, Governor, I said, no, sir, uh, but you have a son. And while we're on the line, you might talk to you for a few minutes. And uh, so I was able to get through and introduce him. I took a day off of work and flew out to, to Berkeley Springs. I was a classic Charleston kid, and you know I'd been around parts of the state, but I'd never been to Eastern Panhandle. Yeah. Uh, so it was literally my first trip to Eastern Panhandle. I came and met Tom, and concluded a day of him touring me around, saying this is really be a great business. It's something I'd one day I'd love to be interested in buying, and if you'd be interested in financing me, I'll, I'll move the community and run the way you'd be proud of. And uh, that started the process of making a deal and, and buying the business from Mr. Seeley. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, just in a uh, just in a minute, giving us that history is, it's ins- that in itself is inspirational. Just you know, the fact that you just called the guy out of the blue, you didn't really have a relationship, just jumped right in there, and he saw the vision. You you had the passion for it, and here you are. Yeah, it was fun. He uh, he was you know we, we were able to do you know almost we, he always treated him like a grandfather. He treated me like a grandson. So we made it feel like a you know kind of a transition and family oh, type transition. Man. But it was a totally out of the blue commerce deal for both of us. Um, one of the fun things I like to remind folks you know I remind myself is that yeah in '96 uh, I, I moved, I got married. You know, had a new job, went into debt, new house. It's like four out of the top five stress things. And, you know, now I get to talk to you and, uh, you know, still married, still in debt, you know, so success. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Gat, what's your 30-second elevator pitch for, for Gat Creek? What do you tell people? Oh, well, we've the 30-second elevator pitch would tell you that uh, – 
when I'm selling furniture, we make real furniture. So often out there you see things that are, you know, look nice or have nice pictures, but you just tell when you pick them up and you do them, they're not, it's just not real. Mm-hmm. We work with really sustainably, beautifully grown hardwoods. Each piece is built by uh, an individual who signs and dates his or her name. Um, and it's really kind of a piece of furniture that's, you know, nicer and just down the table, something you can, you know, be proud of and enjoy and enjoy a long time. I love it. Yeah. I've had a chance to see your products, not in person, on the website and, and the, the style and the and the, the craftsmanship. You can just tell they're there. I can't wait to uh, get my hands on a piece one of these days. What would you say, Gat, is the thing you're most excited about for your company right now? We're up. Uh, you know, luckily with the internet these days, um, it's become easier and easier to connect with folks, ironically, on a personal level, yeah. uh, giving them the ability to, to really kind of choose finishes and, and woods and, and work with them at almost a one-on-one level so that we can, in many ways, are becoming, a, you know, a factory that can help, you know, build exactly what people want as opposed to being a factory that builds a bunch of something and hope they sell it all. Um and so it's kind of making us uh, uh, an increasingly fun business today um, and increasingly rewarding. You know, you really like uh, we take, you know, since we sign every piece we take, we build, we take real pride. And it's really great that you can have closer, closer relationships to the customers and also give the customers the experience of, you know, having someone that's, you know, working for them as opposed to, again, building something for a container or yeah. a warehouse. So yeah. it allows yeah. this business to be more personal and that makes it more and more fun. Yeah, that that is definitely something to be excited about. Gat, uh, even though our show is called uh, Positively West Virginia, I like to, t- to have our guests talk about the, you know, their worst business moment. I think we can all learn a lot from, from that, uh, from those types of experiences and not to be negative or anything, but just to, to, to inspire and, and, and learn from. But take us back to that that worst experience you've had in business so far and, and just kind of tell that story, uh, share that with us. Sure. So uh, I, I wish it was a simple moment. I, I, it's a four-year story. I only tell a short description, <laughs> but, you know, right around a little before the economy got really bad in the Great Recession, 2006, we had, uh, 2005, we'd run out of capacity. We decided, okay, now's the time to borrow a lot of money, fix the factory, expand the factory, and really grow the business. And we did all that, and the day we finished expanding this factory, our business just started going down dramatically. And we'd figured out, hey, you know, we got to be able to borrow this money and 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 create enough efficiencies that we can pay it back without growing. We never figured out how to let the business go backwards by a third and still pay off our debt and survive. Yeah. And uh, so our business literally turned upside down uh, the day after we, you know, spent all the money we borrowed to build the place. Our sales dropped. And uh, dropped almost a third and, uh, over a couple of years. Mm. And uh, we spent five years, four years surviving. Yeah. And uh, it took us 100 days to pay people. Uh, mm-hmm. We paid our employees on time. We, we paid the bank on time. We paid the government on time. But everybody else waited for, for almost 100 days to get paid by us. Yeah. You know, we'd call them and talk to them. And, um, you know, that was a long, humble time. And, uh, but we just could never quit. You know, we, we believed in what we were doing. We you know, didn't want to have a day to come here and say, ah, it's time to quit. Uh, people have been working here 25, 30 years. Yeah, uh, yeah. and we just kept showing up and we kept showing up and we, luckily we had vendors and, and, uh, you know, that, that, you know, helped support us. And, and we got through it until we finally grew up to the point where we could make money and 
pay back and get to become a, a real, you know, healthy company again. Yeah. But yeah, we spent f- we spent four years on our backs. Wow. Time. So, Gat, what's what's the one takeaway that you can share, you know, from that experience? What's the lesson you learned? The uh, the lesson you learned is you, is you just show up every day. Yeah. Um, and you, you don't quit. And you know, there's all kinds of failure around you. And you're an entrepreneur. You're in business. You know, you're just you're going to be wrong two out of three times. But you keep getting up and you keep making decisions until you get that one out of three decision that's right. And uh, and uh, I think it's the real story. And people, are like, what are you really good at? I said, well, you know, I'm really good at surviving. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was a time of survival, and, and that 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 was a takeaway. And you know, everybody has those things, and you know, hopefully, you know, you don't only get them once or twice. Yep. But uh, you keep working through. Them. Well, I think that's that's the point of, of the question, right? Is to talk about this this time in your life, the struggle, and especially with the, with with a company. I mean, you're going to have the roller coaster. You know, I always say. Heck, I go through the roller coaster sometimes in in an hour. You know, <laughs> not not, just, not only is the day a roller coaster, but a, a particular hour can be a roller coaster in 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 the life of a small or medium sized company. But uh, that is a great takeaway, and I I really love that uh, that story. I think it. Uh, Folks will find inspiration with that as well. Let's talk a little bit about your the geographic market that you serve. I, I mentioned that you guys have these partnerships with retailers, but what's the you know what's the geographic scope that that Gat Creek is is serving? Uh, you know, we uh, business today, and I think this is very true, and one of the really challenges this economy is that it's you know the 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 country's urbanizing. Uh, you know, the big cities came out of this recession much sooner than the rest of the, sure. than the urban areas yep. and and. Urban areas came up much sooner than they, than, than uh, non-urban areas. Um, so our business today is really urban focused. So you know our our success and growth comes from selling into markets like Washington D.C. and Boston, New York, you know Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, uh, Chicago, stuff like that. So we're very urban based. We're throughout the country, but it's not evenly across the country. There's a big part that we don't sell anything into, um, and uh, we're trying to, you know, you. you over so saying, you know, fish where the fish are, yeah. um, you, you grow where the growth is. Um, so that's where a lot of our business is geographically today. And, and that's what's helped. That's what helped kind of bring us out and brought us back into growth mode is, is really serving the urban market. Absolutely. And, and over the last 25 years or so, or 23 years since you've, you've been the owner, I mean, you guys have really established a brand and a, and a, and a reputation for high quality, high style you know, handcrafted furniture, and I, and obviously there's a demand for that. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's part of it. And a couple of things that are really interesting that's that's kind of ties back to West Virginia. What's really important to me too is yeah. that you know people want high quality, they want high design. But today, you know, what's important? Other things are important to people. Is, you know, where does my product come from? Sure. And is it a product that's safe for my home? You know, today, you know, home environments are often more toxic than the outside environment is. Yep. Um, so a big part of who we are and what our brand is is that we're really working with sustainably harvested wood. That's a great natural material that's safe in the home. Uh, it's being made by an individual, really a maker that signs and dates it. Um, and so I think that's part of it too. It's uh, and that's to me, you know, kind of what West Virginia is about, and it reminds me of West Virginia. So I, you know, uh, it's even more just being a good, good style and and, and sure. keep showing up. Yeah, that's a great point. What would you say is the best thing about being in business in in our state? Well, you know, I'm, I grew up in West Virginia, so I'm just totally biased and have a great 
pride, uh, you know, uh, colloquial pride in, in being from West Virginia and West Virginia. Um, in terms of raw material, we really branded around. Uh, we 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 use the term we Appalachian hardwoods because we do get some woods a little further north and, and a little further south of West Virginia. Most of our woods come out of West Virginia and Appalachia yeah. Yeah. and Allegheny Forest. They're really the greatest forest in the world, and so it's a big part of our mo. We love that in terms of our marketing and, and we talk about it. Um, and uh, you know, I think when you talk about people building stuff in West Virginia, it again feels very real to people. It means a lot more than than coming from another country. Yeah, absolutely. Gad, I want to take a quick second just to mention some of the incredible sponsors we have for the podcast, and they are the State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank in Milan. It's the support we receive from these organizations that allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today is Gat Caperton with Gat Creek. Gat, let's get back into it. You know, we're talking about West Virginia and, and some of the great things you guys are doing as a company, uh, manufacturing furniture, high-quality furniture over there in, in uh, Eastern Panhandle. What is the vision that you have for your company long-term? Boy, we, uh, we like to sell furniture for a price and then make it for a little less than it, than, than it make it for a little less than we just sold it for. Um, <laughs> and then kind of repeat. So, you know, the goal is relatively fundamentally. We really love to grow this business. Uh, we're not going to be a gigantic business, but we really think that we should be able to grow it every year and become a little bit bigger. And you kind of need to grow every year. Um, and, you know, as we grow, it gives us more opportunity to, to invest in technology and such like that. So we, we really do have a, a plan on growth. And there's a certain point where your factory gets full, but we're not there yet. And we'll continue to invest in this facility and such. Someone asked me, oh, are you interested in buying another company, having a second factory? And I was like, you know, I'm crazy enough to own one factory, but that's it. I'm just not crazy enough to own two factories, but furniture factories. Um, so we'll continue to help make this successful, continue to grow this as, as we do. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're proud of the product and hope to do more every year. That's awesome. We had uh, on the guest, uh, on the one of our recent episodes, the president of West Virginia Manufacturers Association, Rebecca McPhail, and that's how she she kind of connected us uh, uh, so that we were ha- able to have this interview. And one of the things that struck me in our conversation was, you know, we talk about manufacturing, and we oftentimes think of, you know, like a Toyota motor company or Hino Motors or, you know, a chemical company coming in or, you know, long established. But the, the heart and soul of West Virginia manufacturing, I believe, is, is uh, small and medium-sized companies, you know, create, creating furniture products, creating food and beverage products. And she kind of talked a little bit about the resurgence of that. And I know you're very much into the to different organizations uh, throughout the state and around the region. What, uh, what is your, what's your take on manufacturing, especially as it pertains to West Virginia? Yeah, manufacturing is a nice opportunity. It, uh, you know, we had a long period where it really wasn't a great uh, industry to be in. Yeah. Uh, but today it's changing, and thanks to technology that's really deployable on a real modest scale, you could do some very cool manufacturing uh, these days, uh, be it furniture or other products. Uh, CNC technologies, computer dramatically controlled technology, gives you tons of flexibility, and it's a really powerful automation. It's equivalent of digital printing. Yeah. Um, it's subtractive technology versus additive. But, uh, you know, uh, it's very doable uh, in this country. 
the uh, and in West Virginia. And uh, you know what I always love about West Virginia? It's not as big of a as an advantage you like than you want to think it is. But we really have a great uh, you know source of natural capital in here in terms of you know trees and and other things that can can really be the source of what you're building from. Absolutely. Uh, another advantage and locality is important um and people are, are very interested in where they get things from today and they want it to a, be a place that you know they have faith in they also want to be places nearby um because you know we're getting ready in terms of co2 going the, into the into the environment transportation is getting ready to bypass energy production mm-hmm. um and that's what's really growing and people more and more people realize boy i really love to get local food i would like you know i like local local food local products yeah um and west virginia is fabulous in that case you know we we're, we're right in the smack middle of the half the country um so uh that works for our favorite too. yeah absolutely so you talked a little bit earlier about um, some of the growth centers and where your customers are in terms of these metropolitan areas like Washington, D.C. or Boston, Massachusetts. How do you attract these new customers? What, what, are, what are you doing out there to, to bring the business in? <laughs> well, I, I, tell, I, I sing and dance every day, you know, whatever we can to get people's <laughs> attraction. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really... Uh, um, so part of our business, we sell, uh, we manufacture other people's brands. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. we're really known for having to be a really good manufacturer. So that's a nice way for us to build that business and go out. Yeah. We sell uh, our branded product Cat Creek through independent retailers. And we can, we find those folks during markets and, and show them our product and follow up really well. And today we, the next thing is really in terms of the uh, internet, we've updated our, our, our website so that it's you know helps people uh, locate retailers so you can actually we've got a configurator on so you can take a piece of uh, a table and you can make it uh you know whatever finish you want if you want different legs on it and different hardware hmm. uh you can actually configure what you want so you get the you know uh, experience there so um we're able to get the consumer through you know big brands through uh our own brand and then uh, directly by way of the internet now which has been helpful yeah that's awesome Gat, what's one piece of advice you would give to young business owners, entrepreneurs, maybe somebody who had a dream or a vision like you had and was out there looking at companies? What's one piece of advice that you would give them? You know, I kind of I do so few sports analogies intentionally, but uh, you know, one of which is is baseball. In terms of a great hitter in baseball, someone that hits the ball thirty percent of the time or yep. bats three hundred. Yep. And I think that's just terribly true in business. You know, I, I, if I, I probably have to design, you know, six products, get two that are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I make more, you know, I'm, I'm sure I make more bad decisions. Than I do good decisions, but I keep going and, you know, and eventually I hit enough. And if I can, if I can be right one out of the third time and work hard enough, I'll make it dug on it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, those, uh, those hits don't have to be home runs, right? They just have to get you on base. Yeah, I love home runs. They're fantastic. They're <laughs> sexy and exciting, but uh, I, I'm happy to get to first base. <laughs> oh, that's great. What's one thing you do every day that you think contributes to your success? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I show up every day. So, uh, you know, physically, I try to get to factories. I'm, you know, I work. I live, I live downtown Berkeley Springs. I'm at the factory. Well, I'm down. I work at the factory. I'm in front of people on a personal level, know people personally. Uh, and showing up every day is also, you know, metaphor that you just don't quit. You know, you keep trying. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What's one resource you use in your business that you just can't live without? Um, you know, we... Uh, 
to be a great manufacturer, and we made this commitment years ago when everybody was kind of leaving the country and becoming marketing companies and importing companies. Um, and uh, we really kind of in, involved really lean manufacturing and sustainable operations. And uh, it's not necessarily a technology or a tool, but it's a it's a process and a mindset. Uh, we really try to be a, a very smart and lean operation. And, and the mm-hmm. definition of lean is really trying to do what the customer pays you for and then eliminate all the other waste. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very much the Toyota production system. And, uh, you know, we've studied that and we believe in that. And uh, we have a real focus towards really generating value by doing really what the customer needs and trying to eliminate everything else. You know, don't be wasteful. That's great. So I think that philosophy's made us. It's helped us. We, uh, it's helped make us competitive because we have to compete on a worldwide basis. And by being lean, it is really one of the few things that we can control and be competitive with. Yeah, I love that. What's one book you would recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? Uh, so uh, I, I'll, I'll give a manufacturing because I'm manufacturing bias, but the book called The Goal uh, by uh, Gold. Uh, Goldrat is the guy's last name. It's a uh-huh. classic manufacturing book. It's about lean manufacturing and, and about the theory of constraints. And it's written like a little story, so you can read it in uh, you know two evenings or three evenings. Yeah. And it's a story about someone turning around a factory and how he does it. Uh, and it takes those kind of concepts in place and, and gives real down-to-earth, simple examples. It's, awesome. uh, everyone that comes works at our place, and uh, even people both on the floor and stuff, we, we – we uh, we give them the opportunity to read that book. That's uh, great. It's, it, it kind of puts it. It's an easy introduction to the mindset of being a successful manufacturer. How cool is that? That uh, that has not been recommended yet. And we have on our resources page on positivelywv.com. We have every single book that everybody has that we've interviewed since the history of this. You know, since we started this podcast a year and a half ago. And uh, there's a link. People can click, just go right to uh, Amazon and, and pick it up. So we'll make sure yeah, that. Yeah, you want, you want to get that one. It's a yeah. good one. It's an yeah. easy read, and it'll, it'll get sounds... you excited, and it'll make you say, geez, that get guy, he's not, <laughs> I can see why it became manufacturing. This stuff could be cool. It's cool. I love it. Yeah, man. I, I you know, I really think, um, as you and I were talking uh, before the show, before the recording, uh, you know, West Virginia, you know, gets a a bad rap a lot you know we're at the bottom of the good list and the top of the bad list in, in a lot of areas and i just see i see so much really awesome activity in manufacturing and most of it is small and, and light manufacturing and this you know handcrafted furniture like what you guys are doing and stuff like that and it just it just encourages me so much because i just love seeing that stuff i love that's the future of west virginia you know it's great when a big you know company comes in a Procter and Gamble brings you know 500 jobs that, that that's great I love it but it's guys like you out there men and women like you that are doing it creating uh, you know 100 150 jobs and I think that is just incredible so my hat's off to you and uh yeah really just uh, just I'm very impressed with that Speak a little bit uh, to the Natural Capital Investment Fund. I, 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 that wasn't really the purpose of the talk, but I, I, I go back to that uh, that conversation I had with Martin Jenkins uh, back in April of last year. And, uh, man, I was just so impressed with what they're doing, too. Can you speak a little bit about, uh, from your perspective as the chairman of the board there, and uh, what you guys are doing to help small business and entrepreneurs get uh, get funding? Yeah, so I love this uh, this organization. I just rolled off. I've been on the board for ten years. I just rolled off. I was chair okay. for the last four years. Great. And uh, but I, I still I still work with my little side stuff because they're just so cool and they're doing such 
neat stuff. Uh, but fundamentally, you know, the, the, the beginning, the natural capital investment fund was started by the conservation fund. That's right. Uh, and with the idea of trying to, you know, realizing that we had great resources and one of the great ways to, you know, to, to, to conserve resources to really great economic value to them and try to be entrepreneurial to it. So, you know, so this state has got plenty of natural capital trees and other stuff, sunshine, people are ready to go to work. Um, but it, there's a, you know, there's a shortage of, of financial capital. And uh, we've really worked to try to bring financial capital uh, to underserved communities, which, you know, in terms of West Virginia being so rural, has a lot of West Virginia. We partner with banks throughout the state, and we help basically bring in capital uh, to business. And, you know, capital drives change. Um, and uh, it's one of the great ways to do it. And we work in a uh, typically alongside with the bank, uh, sometimes we will do the entire deal, but we help bring capital to, to, to entrepreneurs uh, throughout kind of Appalachia, but primarily in West Virginia, and that's where we're based. And uh, we've helped, uh, you know, start breweries. We've helped start a whole bunch of other businesses or early stage businesses and helped turn them into longer stage businesses. Um, and, you know, capital is often the thing that's, that's missing and needed. Yeah, and yeah. so we're able to do that, and we're we're really flexible. So we'll come in and do what I kind of call a equity type deal. We kind of are, you know, helping with people that need equity. You know, the banks provide traditional debt, and we're help fill a little gap between the equity and the debt they can. And then sometimes you need a little more in between, and we're able to do that and get a lot of leverage and, and give people opportunities to buy things like CNC machines. You know, to put solar stuff yeah. on their roof so they can reduce their power plant. That's uh, awesome. you, know, you know, and we'll, we'll work on a whole kind of a bunch of different deals, but it's a, it's a really cool organization. If someone's looking for capital um, to, to help grow their business in the state of West Virginia, they have to look there. And if, if they're involved in a way that, you know, we're kind of true bottom line folks that are, you know, really taking into account the environment and the people, um, you know, this you'll find a group that's ready and, and willing to try to help. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I appreciate you going down that path for just a minute because, like I said, uh, when we had Martin Jenkins on here back in April, he, he it was just incredible. I didn't even know that organization existed i uh, it was a referral to me to say hey you got need to get him on and and what you just summarized there is is awesome because i feel like access to capital you know we hear it all the time is a uh, is a barrier sometimes and and i think um you know when people think they have exhausted every resources or every resource that's available they they can turn to natural capital investment fund potentially and uh, as a funding source if it's the right fit right so so that's good stuff. Absolutely, and you know they, we we've got good banks in this, in, in this state, and but you know traditional banks, you know they they have regulators. They there's only there, there's only so much they can do under under regulation. That's right. Um, and so it's really great to have a source of capital that's that's uh you know it's, that's a non-regulated, very uh, you know interested and concerned uh, partner that can partner with banks and partner with great retailers and do yeah. a really cool job. And, for, and, for, yeah. I think that's cool, and they can get a little creative, right? I mean, that's kind of the yeah. kind of the, the point there. But uh, I appreciate you stepping in into that uh, question a little bit, and uh, and sharing your thoughts on it. Gat, this has been awesome. Is there anything that I have not uh, asked you that you would like to share with our audience that you might think uh, would be of value to them? Well, uh, no, it's really it's. I appreciate what you're doing. You know, there's plenty of great stories. 
And, you know, storytelling is just so important. It's a big part of my job. I ran into a guy years ago, and he was told me he was a professional storyteller. And I, I dropped what I had in my hand. I said, really, you can do that? And uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you can. It's, you know, it's not necessarily easy. I said, no, but that's that's what it's about. And we, you know, for this business, I, you know, they you know, folks at the factory joke with me. So that's a cat. He's the guy who gives the tours and tells the stories around here. Yeah. But that's really is what, you know, a lot of it is, is, is getting the word out and telling the stories. So I, I greatly appreciate what you're doing and what your goals are with, uh, uh, with positively West Virginia. Sure. Um, there, you know, it's really fabulous uh, to have a great story is wonderful. But to take the time to tell it well is important. And the more we can tell, the better off we all are going to be. Yeah. And I appreciate that too. And, Gat, in closing, you know, how can our listeners learn more about you and your and Gat Creek and, and your company? What's the best way to for them to to do that? Oh, I was a little I was shy when I was a little kid. I'm no longer shy. We are happy <laughs> to try to help people find us and find what we're doing. I love it. And it, the the simplest way is, of course, just going online at GatCreek.com. Uh, you know, we got all our products and a little bit of our story there. And, um, yeah. and of course, if you're in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, come knock on the door and, uh, you know, it's a great factory. Uh, we don't really have a, a showroom fancy stuff, but, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we'll, 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 we'll put ourselves out there everywhere we can. That's awesome. Happy to share. Yeah. And we'll, we'll make sure we have links in the show notes section of the, oh, of the podcast for that as well. So people can just click on it. Uh, Gat, again, it's been awesome having you on. I, I think a lot of people are going to get a tremendous amount of value from this interview. And, and just listening to your inspirational words, man, that's it's awesome. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right, man. Well, folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by The State Journal, WVNews.com, Interaction Media, United Bank, and Milan. As we continue on our journey to share positive stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State, just like Gat Caperton and his company Gat Creek, our hope is that we in some way inspire and motivate our audience by sharing these success stories in West Virginia. If you, are no, if you or someone you know of would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our, podca- or on our website, PositivelyWV.com. And, of course, we appreciate all of your comments and notes of encouragement. Uh, we do really appreciate that and keep those coming. And, and please continue to, to share these stories on your social media channels. On behalf, on behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia.